Welcome back to the Cuddy and Gavi show. We are on Spotify, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Apple. Last week, we had a great show. We urge all our listeners to go back and listen to all our shows. But last week, we had Mitch Kay, famous bartender from Palm Beach, and he regaled us with great stories of life on his side of the bar. But um, we had a lot of comments that Gavi and I unfortunately cut him off too much before he got to finish his story. So we're going to have him back, and we're going to we're going to we're going to ask the questions. We're going to give him time to answer it. Then we're going to go one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi to make sure he's finished answering his questions. Before we really get into this week, obviously, is this horrendous, horrendous stuff happening in Israel. Before we get into that, because that'll be most of our show today. Um, Gavi, last week and the week before, he's hitting home runs on his football picks, and we want to talk about baseball too, but... So, Gavi, give us your football pick this week. He, he, last time he picked some college, he picked some NFL stuff. I don't know what he has today. What do you have? Well, I've only been uh, I've only been giving one game per week, so I'm like three and zero right now. But this week I have like three or four three or four games that I kind of like, and I'm going to go with a familiar one. It's Colorado. This time I like Colorado over Stanford minus eleven points. So wait, Colorado's giving Stanford 11 points. 11 points. Wow, that's I a think, lot of points. That's a touchdown. I know. I think Deion goal. Sanders is going to have his team ready. Okay. This is a. This is to. They uh, won last week. They won right, last week, right. but this is their one that they can really, I think, okay. uh, put some distance between them and the other team. Uh, then I like uh, Louisville. It's playing Pitt, University of Pittsburgh, and I like Louisville minus seven and a half points. I think they're one of the college football uh, surprise teams that are one of the better teams in the league. And then if you want to move over to the NFL, I like the Detroit Lions, which I think is uh, one of the better teams in the entire NFC. They could be the uh, third best team in the NFC ahead of Dallas. And I like them uh, over Tampa Bay, minus three points. And then just, it's not my favorite, but if you wanted one more game, I like the Philadelphia Eagles, minus seven points over the New York Jets. So it's an all-favorite four games. I think the Jets. Do you, uh, do you ever play the under over? Do you ever you ever make calls on under over games? Because last week I think most of the unders won. It was, normally it's an over. It's an abundance of overs. Yeah, but with sometimes the rules right now, I think that I, yeah. they're tough to. They're they're like the some of the losses would be so devastating that I even if you had the right side and you lose, right. it's just not worth it. It's just, you're just betting points. You feel better if you got the right team. No, the I other agree thing with you're you. just flipping a coin. You might as well flip a coin. So now we have the baseball playoffs, and you know it's always exciting to watch the manager run out and start screaming at the umpire and and, and the batter going nuts. It's like hockey a fight. Everybody goes to a hockey game to watch a fight, but. It's kind of unfair now. They have these check swing calls, especially the Philadelphia Phillies that are in the playoffs. They've had some real bad calls on the check swings, and that's where 
you know, when when a batter is stops himself before he swings all the way through, and I guess it's the third base. Or um, the first base, depending if you're a lefty or right. It's their right. call to see if you went around, and it's such a judgment call that they're, first of all, How can you see from they're 120 feet, feet yeah. away, you know, where they're standing. It's further than the first baseline or third baseline. So anyway, so, uh, and then, of course, there's been some, especially the Phillies, Bryce Harper, there's been really bad calls on strikes and bats, and, and, and these professional athletes are trained when the pitch count is such and so and this and that, they swing or they don't swing, and their averages change according to the pitch count. There's been some really calls on that. So Gavi and I are in agreement here. We both think that they should computerize this like they did in tennis, where the ball, I mean, they know within an the eighth. Ball, right, the balls and strikes. They ha- they could use a computer right now. That they can do. Make I think- the game fair. And what would the umpire do? The umpire would just manage a game, right? Yeah, uh, that's all. And, and then call the play at the plate, but then he would have a replay as his backup. But I do think the one thing that I think baseball is going to have to change right now is the playoff system. I mean, I love the wild card. The wild card's working out great because teams are involved in that. So explain that to our 118,000 viewers. What what changed in baseball? From well, real quick, real quick is you have three divisional winners and you have three wild card teams. So it makes it where the whole season's enjoyable, especially if you get two teams in a two teams in a division that uh, where one team could blow out another team up by like the Atlanta Braves were 14 games better than the Philadelphia Phillies, the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers were 18 games better than Arizona. But Arizona, instead of them just not having anything to play for, they could play for a wild card team, and they both made the playoffs. So the problem that they're having is the two best teams in each league get a bye week. So in the American League, it was uh, it was Houston and I believe Baltimore were the two bye uh, teams. And in the National League, it was the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Atlanta Braves. But when you get a bye week, you're off for nine days and the other teams are playing. So they're already at intensity of what a playoff is right, like. They're juiced up. They're juiced up. It's not like they have to worry about injuries where you benefit. Like in football, you get a you get to rest, which is which means a lot. In baseball, a left fielder really doesn't. The extra week could actually hurt him because his timing gets off. So what ended up happening The Los Angeles Dodgers after a hundred and some wins this year, they got smoked by the Arizona Cardinals and basic—I mean the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks—and basically they lost three games in a row, three games to nothing, and they're eliminated. And it's the second year in a row this has happened to Los Angeles. Last year it happened with the San Diego Padres. The Atlanta Braves—if the Philadelphia Phillies happen to win—it will be back-to-back years that another hundred-game team did it, and the Baltimore Orioles. Same thing, the Texas Rangers, another wildcard team, knocked them out in three games. So when you see a wildcard team taking three games out of five, um, I think the league's going to have to— Setting a precedent. Yeah, I think the league's going to have to say maybe they don't get a—maybe you shouldn't get a rest. Maybe you should just let them all play right off of the get-go. Well, it's not really like football where these guys are just getting so banged up when they have a bye week. You know, right. they're they're getting rehab, they're doing all the, kinds of the things. The designated hitter, I'm, I'm like, what? Like, yeah. he's not recuperating. All he's doing is hurting his timing by you know. And and it, and an outfielder, how many how many 
how many uh, catches are they really doing in? Right, <laughs> right. So I think One their time. I think by them sitting is actually is actually more of a penalty. Right, I agree. Well, anyway, this week we had a tragedy with Israel. In fact, we've lost how many Americans as well? Right now, 22. 22 Americans died. Will be more. Uh, Hamas just brutalized Israel. It's more deaths than they've ever had since, I don't know how many years, the Holocaust. And it's up to twelve or 1,400 deaths. And if you equate the population of Israel versus the population of the United States, 1,200 or 1,400 deaths, the number keeps going, equals 30 or 40,000 Americans dying in 9-11. So the numbers are just staggering for a small country like Israel. And Gavi was saying before the show that if you start putting names together, everybody through another person or another person right. know you know know somebody if they're of the you know the Jewish religion that, that right basically you're one this. step away like you know you will know somebody that then knew somebody that this affected uh, in their family. That's how that's how small of a, of a population it's terrible around the world. And, and yesterday it came out where they found 40 babies where these Hamas militant thugs, terrorists, assholes, whatever you want to call them, mutilated and chopped the heads off of 40 babies. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm watching these 30-some groups from our alma mater, Harvard, defending the Palestinians. Well, let me tell you, I'm president of Harvard. I'm president of the United States. I'm pulling your financial aid if you're on it, and you're chucked out of the school. I don't care about freedom of speech. There is just no defensible way that you can say the mutilation of babies or even what happened on these motorcycles or the kids that died at this folk festival, how you can defend that. I mean, what's happening in New York City with these protests, it's just not right. I understand America's great. And we have the right of freedom of speech. But, you know, at some point, a line has to be drawn. Well, let me ask you a question. Right now, you know, before this, this uh, tragedy took place, you know, Israel, their government was fractured just like the United States is. They were having their own battles like, like we are in our country with Republicans and Democrats. This united the entire country where everybody is pitching in, everybody's helping, they're cooking. It's, it's sort of like... Like World War II in the United States, where everybody is doing something for the one united cause of theirs is for survival. survival. But my question to you is, schools like Harvard, some of these Ivy League schools, liberal institutions, NYU, if you had a child that was going to, to Harvard, at what point do you say, I don't, I don't want to pay the tuition anymore, I don't want you going there? Like... Do you does this make it is this a line in the sand for you that you would sit there and say if your son said dad I want to go to Harvard that you will weigh the education more than how the school is when do you say go somewhere else You know other than seeing it on the news and not really understanding who these people are that are protesting 
you know, and and defending the Palestinians or Hamas or or Hezbollah. How do you pronounce it? Hezbollah. 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 I have a pronunciation problem on this show. I I just. I would have a tough time with my kid going to that school. Look, we talked about the LG, LD, LGBTQ community where the six Ivy League schools um, where, where 38% of the student body identified with um, that community at Brown and 30% at uh, Princeton. I, I mean, the numbers are, are staggering, but it's, this is just so troubling that you can have such mass chaos and murder and unprovoked, you know, assassination of people, and then people can stand there. I, I, okay, if if that if if that's your belief, it's one thing, but to actually put yourself out there and defend it, it's just horrible. As a parent, well, I think I, what's, I would, you know, I'd have a tough time. Well, I think what's great is there's a. A guy, uh, Bill Ackman from Pershing Capital. Yeah. Uh, I think he was great yesterday. He basically said— He's a Harvard guy. Harvard guy. He says, I want to see the list. They put their name on the list. He said, I want it to be public. I want to I see— it. He said, I want to see the list because I want to know who not to hire. Like right off the get-go, it makes it easy because it's a very competitive yeah. thing. Uh, just like there was a, uh, a lawyer. She was uh, she had a job. She was at the president of NYU, like— student council something and uh she lost her uh the law firm that she had a job for they she lost it i would fire somebody if i knew that they went out and did that i would fire and them. put her name on the list 100 and by the way anybody that's not willing to put their name on the list you know you're an asshole if you're going to go out there and protest and do all this kinds of stuff you you know put your name on a list i want to know who you are be be upfront about it right absolutely and you know it's like going back you know when you a lot of people were saying that when you saw these terrorists that came in and slaughtered these uh, families, especially in the kibbutz and everything, I mean, they went up against women and children and civilians. You know, now they're going to go up against an Israeli military yeah, right. that are trained, and it's going to be a whole new ball game. I mean, they're, this is going to be this is going to be a bloodbath and. Uh, Look, the United States, our luck so far, we've done pretty good in a lot of things, but I think our last victory was Granada. I mean, you're going to see Israel, you're going to see they haven't had war in 50 years. You're going to see an army that has, like, the handcuffs are now finally off of them. Well, the problem with that, Gavi, is I think, I think that because the world has changed where everybody has a cell phone with a camera on it, you know, all these Hamas guys are going to be photographing all the atrocities of war because Israel's going to go in there and just bomb the living hell out of them and make Gaza the new beach. I mean, Gaza's going to become a parking lot. And Israel's only going to have seven or ten days till, I agree. The, till the world turns on them. So maybe, not even maybe ten days. Yeah, they, they can't do the, you know, this. They have ten days. They to have get, ten days to get this done. And then, you know. They got got to go in there and just wipe them up unless and they don't care anymore about the world i think they're i think they have the right not to care about the world anymore because look you have the u.n coming out like a ceasefire right. i mean they already realize it's stacked against them so you know what just do what you have to do so what do you do it. so let me ask you a question a moral question i mean let's say your window 
is seven to ten days before the world turns on Israel and says, because of all the pictures the, the, Pal the Palestinians are going to take of uh, the atrocities of war, let's say you, you have seven to ten days before everybody turns. The issue is, what do you do with these hostages? Is that the price of war? Do you forget about the hundred hostages or the 150 hostages that are out there? Because... If you're going to spend time to try and root those hostages out and find them and rescue them, are you going to lose military men trying to do that? What What is the casualty rate to try and save those hostages? I mean, look. you got to look was, at them like they're if dead. It, if it was my kid or my sister or my brother, you know, your viewpoint is different. But I agree with you. They're probably dead already. And they were already tortured. And they were already they, tortured, I mean, if you, could chop, if you could chop a baby's head off, right. you're not exactly feeding another baby with baby formula and changing the diaper of the other ones you have. So you're not worried about feeding these people. One, uh, one had his arm blown off. He put a tourniquet on himself. Can you imagine? I mean, so... Like, you got to look at, and then they're in these tunnels that it could take you weeks to find them underground. I mean, they have, you know, first of all, the Gaza is only 23 miles long, five miles or four miles wide. But they have a whole, like a subway system down there of, of tunnels. So you're well, not going to find them so fast. Yeah, Benjamin Netanyahu, I, I mean, he last week, two weeks ago during the protest, he was the wrong guy. He is the right guy right now. I mean, his brother died in Entebbe. He fought in special forces. He's, he's a uh, brilliant military mind. This is just... This is just carpet bombing and annihilation. Again, he's, another uh, one to your high school, Cheltenham. Well, he's a Cheltenham. And, and, and Mark Levin. Mark Levin, my sister. Your sister. Me, <laughs> Benjamin Netanyahu. We all went there. But, you know, it, it's crazy. And then we have this situation where we, are, we have no Speaker of the House because the dysfunction of the Republican Party. Gavi's Republican, but he leans left. I'm down the middle. I, I I lean a little left, I lean a little right, but you know the the Republican Party and he was I, I like you know Speaker McCarty, but he was so power hungry he bought into this one guy can throw me out deal or or well that or, he did that he did that because without a, most people knowing he had an agreement with Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, but you're making an agreement with the devil. Oh, right. I mean, you really made Nancy Pelosi. Well, well, what she basically said is out of the 205 Democrats, she basically said they're not all going to vote against you. So don't let this Matt Gates get to you because we'll throw you five people. We'll throw you five people and then Matt Gates will disappear. But what happened is not one Democrat, not one they, because they're to blame too. But don't you think he's so power hungry that he really believed Nancy Pelosi was going to do that? I mean, yes, yes, because I'll tell you why. It took because you got to realize where the Democrats are to blame too. If it if it took three Democrats to switch sides, he's still the, he's still the Speaker of the House. So the Democrats are saying we would rather have nobody than and go through this chaos than have him. And by the way, he wasn't bad. So the Democrats spite it themselves also. So it's but, not just Republicans, let, it's Democrats as well. But don't forget, when he made that deal with Nancy Pelosi, that was before the impeachment hearings. And now these impeachment hearings where they're going after Joe Biden, 
by not having a Speaker of the House, and then again, this is before Israel, all this nonsense, you know, all, all this nonsense where they they'll can't They'll have a vote. Speaker within two days, they'll be a Speaker. But my point is, by the Democrats doing what they did, they get a delay. They get a delay. They're going to have it. a delay of two days. There will be a Speaker maybe by midnight tonight. I'm telling you, by midnight tonight. You want to bet? Yeah. I'll bet there's not a Speaker dollar. at least for a week, no. maybe longer. No. It'll a dollar? Be Jim Jordan will be the Speaker of the House. We got a dollar back. Okay, bet. Jim Jordan will be the Speaker of the but House. But I believe it was because of a delay. But now you have this. Now, now, So the point of this whole story is the Congress can't vote for appropriations to give money to Israel, to help Israel, who desperately needs it now. You know, they're sending missile after missile, this Iron Dome thing. I mean— Well, they're allowed to give ammunition, which they already did. They already delivered it. And they have other special funds to give. And— But they're going to run out fast. They, but by the, they'll have a Speaker of the House, and okay. that will come. But the, the big thing that you're going to see right now that you get a little window on is you really do get to see— Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, that here they are, they have Ukraine. And by the way, they have Ukraine in their ear. They just had one of the top guys for Ukraine underneath Zelensky basically saying, don't let this Israel conflict, like, take away your attention. We need you. Like, he's still begging for, like, the United States' money, where I think, you know, I think Israel has received— Three billion. No, 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 but I'm oh. saying in the, in the last 40 years— they received as much money as we have given Ukraine in the last 18 months. That's so just think statistic. about that. In 18 months, we so at the same time, they're trying to get their thing. But meanwhile, our money was going to Ukraine where they're not even telling you what the money's going for. It went for their teachers. It went for infrastructure. It went for a lot of things other than ammunition. The United uh, Israel doesn't ask for any, any military. All they ask for is to let them do what they're doing give them some of their ammunition, give them Iron Dome stuff, but they just want them to not let them finish the job. Don't. And do you trust Joe Biden to do that? I mean, Joe Biden right now, look at this he guy. Listens to, he listens to his party and to the radicals. He has radical yeah, people Yeah, how about those party? five people, the squad or whatever they're called? I, I mean, I hope, and if you're one of our 118,000 listeners, I hope if you're in AOC's district or any of these people on the squad, you vote them out next election. I mean, it's unconscionable that people can take this position in America. It, it's just not right. It is. I mean, they're, they're going to find themselves that they were on the wrong side of, uh, of how this uh, will turn out. But it's but what's really interesting is for Israel's sake and for everybody, how you get your news is social media. Let it be, uh, let it be Twitter X that was Twitter or Instagram or or the mainstream media. But it's funny, CNN is in lockstep with Fox. So if you watch CNN at night, you would think that you were watching Fox News because right. they are pretty much on the same page. MSNBC. I don't know how you could be a fan of MSNBC after this. They are basically, after watching this slaughter, they're like coming across with like, it's Israel's fault. Like, how could it be Israel's? I don't even understand that. Because their their belief is that uh, that Palestine had to do what they had to do. But this isn't Palestine. They have terrorists that live amongst them. So most of the Palestinians are good people. It's just that they are being held captive, just like North Koreans are being or under a dictator, just like the Iranians are under a dictator. So they have. 
they have a they live their life under the, all the money, all the aid that goes to Palestine. It doesn't make Palestine better. It it goes to the aid. Like just right now, Israel shut the power off. They have no power. They have no water. They have but no food. But doesn't that hurt the hostages? I mean, so you're a hostage. Again, we're, we're not the, the hostages. You got to look at are, are gone. Yeah. So you can't worry about feeding the hostages. What are you going to do? You're worried about baby formula for the hostage right now? That's the least of the situation. You got to make it where they are in darkness, no food, and they're scared, and there's pressure put upon. I think I think the terrorists have already basically left. They're hiding. The only people that are up there right now are innocent, a lot of innocent Palestinians. Well, I'm, you know, you listen to all these conspiracy theories, and a lot of the conspiracy theories are it's all about oil. I mean, Iran, when Donald Trump left office, they were they were exporting 400,000 barrels of oil a day. Now that Joe Biden's in office. They're exporting three million barrels of of oil a day because Joe Biden eased Put the sanctions. Put that into dollars. So explain when we held back to six. But when, when they we have gave seventy billion dollars in cash now, Iran. They used to have five. Right. So so forget even the six billion that we gave them. It's much larger than that. It's they came into an extra sixty billion dollars because of these restrictions. Right. And I think the Putin has his thumb on the scale here because. If there's a war and oil goes up, Putin gets richer. I mean, it helps Putin this war, too, because Lindsey Graham, a Republican— And, and, and takes off uh, the eye off of Ukraine. Right. And that also— Takes the eye off of Ukraine. And Lindsey Graham, he's a, he's a hawk Republican senator, and he's all over. Let's go bomb the shit out he's of the— He's a warmonger. He's a warmonger. But he's like, let's go bomb the shit out of the Iranian four refineries, because they have four refineries. Let's just take them out. Well, you do that, oil's going to explode. Oil's going to go to $150 a barrel. And, um, you know, Putin's going to get richer and everybody's going to get richer in the corrupt world. The Venezuelans, everybody that's pumping oil will get richer. So you don't know if Putin's got his finger on the scale yeah, here. I, I mean, but I think one thing that uh, that you got to learn are like are, the United States has to learn from this is. We have terrorists in this country right now. So when Hezbollah— Yeah, how about—this border wall. Did you see—I don't mean interrupt—but that's such a great subject. And there's 624 Iranians that say came in illegally. Right. So, it took five to take down the trade so, World Trade Center, five terrorists. Five terrorists. And by the way, if you really think a new terrorist is going to come through with his passport to try to sneak through customs, that's not going to be the way it is. And just to scare the—just like the, to give you a little fear for the United States, if you were a terrorist and you want to threaten the United States right now, and you took, a, you took some terrorists and you said, let's just buy one building— Let's buy a condo in Miami. Let's buy a condo in Manhattan, a condo in Chicago, a condo in L.A., uh, San Francisco, Philadelphia. And I don't care if the condo is $2 million, $4 million, You're not going to pay the 30-year mortgage. You only need the condo for one year, so you put down your down payment. If you decided to blow up the condo, let's say on October 25th at 1 o'clock, and you saw buildings go down in every single city, or the fear in this country would be like crazy because we would be just how just like when the pentagon got hit after the world trade towers after the uh 
Pennsylvania. You don't know. If you're living in a condo, you don't know if you're next. So we have to close our border. But where you get to where you get to see lots of other things is, for instance, for for politics, when Biden decided that he's running, he wants to lower uh, for the midterms. Let me lower gas just to help out the midterms. He let our oil reserves go. That should never be. Our strategic oil reserve is down to like nothing. Nothing. So that should now be a law that you should never let that go for your own political gain. I mean, because right now we might need those oil reserves. That's why they're there. They're there for cases not for this, not like for, oh, my God, I got to win the midterm so I can uh, gain the House or the Senate. That's why he did it. So why do you think Joe Biden in his speech yesterday didn't implicate Iran? I mean, everybody, the New York Times, everybody's saying Iran did this. Iran was behind it. Iran funded it. Why is Joe Biden not saying that? Because he gave the six billion bucks to him and he's afraid, you know, everybody's going to point the finger at him. Well, right now I'm going to give him a like a 48 hour pass because maybe he knows something we don't know. So I just, maybe there's a reason. So I want to give him the pass on, let him know. But in 48 hours, you're going to know a lot more information. The IDF is going to come back with tons of intelligence that they're going to share with everybody and of how this happened. And I got to tell you, when Mayorkas decided to build the wall right now. Yeah, all of a sudden, let's tell And I think maybe his intelligence was, was, uh, was 24 hours, 48 hours ahead of what this attack came. Right. And maybe he had saying that the United States maybe could do something. And um, we got some problems down there. We got to make sure our country is safe. And we're and we're not. So right let's now. backtrack that. This week, um, Biden came out and announced he's going to he decided that there is a law and he can't avoid the law. And he's going to build the wall now. Even though he's going to go over all these different uh, uh, twenty-six laws or something, yeah, for the uh, for the ecosystem, right? For, you know, he's going to build the wall now. He's changing his position because yeah, for three he's, years he's going to follow the law. He's going to build the wall, and, and you know, I'm just sitting there and I'm saying to myself, "Here's a guy. He's going to be eighty-two years old. So I'm looking at his problems. He's got Ukraine. Okay, he now has Israel." He has an economy that is cracking. I mean, you have 8% mortgages. Housing is plummeting. I opened the newspaper this weekend. You can get $15,000 off on a Silverado brand-new Chevy truck. Well, I, was just I, mean, say, I was just going to say to you, do you really think I the mean, world you know, gives a crap about the United Auto Workers with a picket line sitting there? We don't there? even hear about it this week. Right, yeah. they're, they're standing out there right now. I don't know what, who they think is buying a car right now tomorrow that they care that they should make $100 more an hour than Tesla people. It's not going to happen. I mean, we live in a neighborhood. You drive two miles down the road, you pass six dealerships. They don't have a spot on the lot. Those cars are parked like that. There's so many new cars on the lot. And it's everything's cracking. So why do you think Joe Biden wants to have this job? Who the hell would want this job? I mean, first of all, it only pays, pays $400,000 a year, and we know Joe can't live on that. <laughs> He's you know what he he doesn't have the he doesn't have the pulse of the country. And what I mean by he doesn't have the pulse of the country is anybody that can watch what this terrorist attack did to Israel and then 
20 hours later, have a barbecue with live music outside on the White House. He just doesn't have the pulse. He could delay that. This wasn't the time for a yeah, celebration. You can cancel that, sure. I mean, so he... He is being informed. He's being told. He reads from a teleprompter. This is a time that when he gets up in front of the country, if it was Donald Trump, you might hate the guy. But he would answer every question He'd from every there. reporter. Yeah. You might not like the answer, but he would take every question. Joe Biden gets up there, reads from a teleprompter. Then when someone wants to ask an intelligent question on either side, he turns his back and says, I'll get back to you. Or you could submit the question to... Uh, to us and we'll try to get back. That's not the way a and leader I, goes. I, and I believe when Donald Trump gets up there and he looks in the camera and he says to the world, I am coming after you, I mean it. Like Kim Jong-un, the guy from North Korea, thought that Donald Trump was nuts enough and crazy enough and Putin couldn't psychologically figure him out. They thought he, you know, he was unhinged, that, that everybody understood when he meant that and he was coming after you that it was really truly what was going to happen and i hope you know this is super controversial and and uh you know i'll bring it up because of what's happening to the jewish people and um you know i i hope our our african-american and black brothers support us here because you know we have a real understanding of everything that you've gone through in your life and and all the um um stuff that 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 you had to deal with in from slavery to today and and I hope you understand what the Jewish people are dealing with, with the Nazis, where they put six million Jewish people in ovens. And now is it, they're unprovoked. Israel's being attacked. And, and maybe we could be a support group for each other. And, and maybe we could coalesce here because, you know, we, we are, and, and the Italians are, are the same way. I mean, we're, I'm not, I'm not trying to cross off other, other ethnic groups, but you know, it, it's I, crazy. I think some of the problem is uh, with that is not that they were that they're against us. I just think that it's a very complicated issue, and they really never it was never really explained to most of the people. It's unless sometimes you're Jewish, you really don't understand how complex it is. And that's why there is this uh, thing that's going around social media that basically it's like the cliff notes of explaining to you. This thing, I, w I would suggest everybody take a look at it. But I don't think they understand on the sides. It's like because they see r race and religion is a little different. So it's easy to see race, religion, that they, they don't quite understand this as much. And I think that uh, one of the big misconceptions that— uh, Maybe I, that's I, the good thing that comes out well, of this. Well, one of the big misconceptions that comes out of this, there was a writer, uh, she was on uh, TV the other night on CNN— Barry uh, is her first name. I forget the last name. But she basically said a lot of the misconception with uh, Jews are everybody thinks that Jews just are wealthy, successful, and that their life, that this is, that they don't have any hardship in their life. So they just think that uh, they're living a different lifestyle. So they don't relate that the Jews ever went through any hardship or where they came from or anything like that. So they look at Six Jews. Six million of them were killed in well, Nazi Most Jews country. aren't rich. Most Jews are poor. It's like, so yeah. it's, you know, they, they, they're seeing, you know, such a few. So it's, you know, but. Well, it's interesting. You know, one thing about the Jewish people is they, they, um, 
they have a, a sense of community, and there's this incredible experience called birthright. Now, I have four children, and two of them are not Jewish. Birthright is um, their mothers were not Jewish, and they were raised not Jewish. Christmas was a big time in our house, and it's an incredible holiday. I don't know if you My favorite it. holiday. Yeah, it's I big mean, in my the house. Christmas tree and all the kids around and all the gifts and everything. It was... It was it was an incredible holiday, but this thing birthright where the Jewish community puts money up and any child, high school or even starting college, can go to Israel for free for two weeks and experience Israel, the center of all religion. It's just not a Jewish place. It's the center of all religion. And um, so... Both my kids went. Yeah, so all four of my kids did it. Two of them are not Jewish. One of right. them is a Southern Baptist, and he went to birth. I think all it takes is one parent to be Jewish. Yeah, but I don't even think that—does they does a parent have to be Jewish? One relative, maybe a grandmother, um, maybe something. Just but they one. all came back from this experience in Israel, and they said it was the most incredible two weeks of their life. Right. In fact, my daughter stayed four weeks. Right. I mean, and they know. made friends from all over uh, the country that they're still friendly with today. It's a really nice. Uh, it's a nice bond. So I mean, that's like a little side story about um, Israel, and you know, what but how do you think this affects Israel? That depends so much on the United States as far as tourism goes. Like, uh, you know, horrible. and I just have friends that were just there the last week. Let me ask you a question. Would you be a little nervous going to Israel? I right won't now? go to Israel. I, I, you know what? I sit in front of my TV and say, man, I'd love to get on a jet and go over there tomorrow and help them out. But realistically, I don't think I'd go. I was by a kibbutz, and uh, I got to tell you something. I would take a look at a kibbutz right now and say, but that's only like uh, five miles from where that, uh, that. Yeah. So they're showing these kids in stairwells that are in on this birthright trip on TV. And they go over there to experience two weeks in Israel, and all of a sudden they're getting yanked out of their kibbutz and murdered. Right. And then they show these Israeli parents on TV, and they're talking calmly that my child is a hostage. I mean, how can they have such calmness about them? Because I think they know, just like, how would you, how can you have a child that is a hostage, and your other child is now going into the war like he's fighting so it's like he could double die. fronts it's, yeah so it's like a lot of these people that are now back into the war because you have to be until you're 40 years old how do you think they feel after they just watched their family get slaughtered and now they're going to battle i mean their mind is uh it's a it's a crazy it's a crazy situation that's uh that's over there and i don't think our country quite comprehends what's going on and and i think social media is so important on how you get your news how it is fed to you especially in the next week or so yeah well the next week will be key and hopefully next week when we do our podcast we won't this will not be on the front of the paper the front fold of the papers maybe but it probably will but i want to stay on politics one more time you know we got to roll back to now this how do we say mendendez uh, mendendez. mendendez my producer over here our producer ben how do we say it i can't you finette you know you're gonna have to put it up here phonetically he, for he me, by the way is retarded. he is the I senator of new jersey i can't say his name he's the senator of new jersey and uh, basically basically He's uh, being investigated for all the bribes that he took. Yeah. And but as it turns out, as it turns out, his wife 
who who was the one that was bri who was helping him bribe the she Egyptians? Was, she was she was a partner. They were Bonnie and Clyde. And basically, his wife before she became his wife, she was dating two people. She was dating Menendez, and she was dating the lawyer who represented R. Kelly. And all of a sudden. She didn't know which one she wanted to be with. I she, think was she was stopping both of them. She was right. She was stopping both, both of them. And all of a sudden, she got into and a she, car accident. She felt pretty good. Right. I mean, she she got, looks pretty good. She had and her, he's a short, fat, dumpy guy. Right. So she, uh, she all of a sudden, uh, she got into a car accident and literally... Uh, she, a single car accident. That killed a person that lived across the street from where he was hit. And... She hit the guy... Killed him. He ended up on her windshield. He's dead. And the first person she called was Menendez. Menendez said, I'll handle everything. He basically talked to the state troopers. They didn't give her a blood test. They didn't do uh, a breathalyzer test. And there's a dead guy laying there's a there dead that guy she just there. hit. No and, blood test. And she basically said, all right, I made my choice. I'm going to go with you. <laughs> I'm going to go with you because I don't want to go to jail. So I chose Menendez and uh, said goodbye to the R. Kelly lawyer. And all this got squashed. And now it comes out now that they're reopening the case because she, my guess is she's probably guilty of murder. So when you always say someone's going to flip, does the government have the goods on her? Well, boy, I oh think boy. part of the story goes the Egyptians or whoever corrupted both of them bought her a new Mercedes. After the accident. She After was the right. She needed a new Mercedes. And they came immediately. They, she got a new Mercedes she convertible. She got a new Mercedes convertible. So I think they're all tying this together. So there's a DUI charge, but they can't prove it now. But with forensics, I don't know if they can or the, well, they the might have had the stuff. They might have taken stuff that, you know, you put it in a cold case that maybe they do have some... Well, they're going after the retired chief of police was the guy who was first on the scene that, right. you know, the senator called and had him come out. And now she not only is she corrupt with the bribing of the Egyptian people, the gold bars, the 500,000 or whatever in cash, the, the free car. Now she has... Um, Imagine there's probably a lot of pillow talk between her and the senator about what they did, how they were doing it, who was doing what. And if there's a rat and somebody's going to turn on somebody, she's turning. I think I think she's going away for big time, a lot of jail time. Yeah, I, I think she's not getting out of this. Yeah. So I think I think Menendez turns on her, too. So what's your prediction? Is Donald Trump and Joe Biden going to be the candidates the, for the Republican and the Democratic no. Party? No, Donald Trump is going to be the candidate. He's going to surge in this because all you have to do is look at is where was the country? Where was the country three years ago? With that, with everybody trying to stop him from the day he came into office, everybody tried to put the brakes on this guy. All he did was have us out of wars. At, the economy was doing well. Right now, tweets don't mean anything. You get to see how the world's in chaos. It's on fire. I think that Joe Biden will not be the candidate. I really do believe Newsom— It's too much right now. He can't handle it right now, and they know that he can't go further. So forget he can't handle where he's at now. He can't handle the moment. How is he going to handle three, four years from now? So let's just 
right now we're worried about the moment where he's at. You know, I don't hear Kamala anywhere. I truly believe it's going to be Newsom. Kamala's one. She's going to be kicked to well, the curb. Well, it's interesting, too. Kamala, I mean, is married to a white Jewish guy, and now you have all this Israeli stuff. I mean, how does she—I I mean, there has to be some conversation about it, right? Joe Biden's kids, uh, one of his kids is married to a— Jewish guy. Right. And Donald Trump's son-in-law is an Orthodox Jew and his, his grandkids are Orthodox Jews. So it's all around all these politicians. But you think Joe Biden's done? Yeah. By the way, if just being president ages you, if the world's at peace, this is just, I think it's just, I don't think he could handle it. And just to let you know how off the people he surrounds himself with, Jake Sullivan. I don't know if you know who Jake yeah, Sullivan is. Yeah, the secure, national security advisor. Uh, right. Right. Literally one week, one week before this tragedy that and took place. And he should know all the secrets. He is. He knows everything that's going on. He did an interview with PBS. You could watch it. Go to YouTube. You could sit there and watch this. He did... Uh, an interview, and he said right now he can concentrate basically on other issues than the Middle East because the Middle East is as quiet as as quiet as it has been in the last 15 years, 20 years, over four presidents. This is as good a shape as the Middle East has been. This is seven days before an attack. This is our national security advisor his hand was his head was in the sand this guy it's embarrassing it's embarrassing i don't understand where was the first of all the israeli intelligence where was it and then the united states intelligence oh, jake Sullivan, he's the guy that put the put the uh the case against Donald Trump, he was the whole the dossier. He was in charge of the dossier and Blinken. They were all like Hillary Clinton people. They got, they helped get Trump impeached, and that's why Biden appointed Blinken as Secretary of State and Jake Sullivan as National Advisor. And look how it backfires on on the country. They weren't they weren't qualified. So. Just had to let you know. That. No, no, you're right. I mean, just, he, no. it's hard for people to follow. But Jake Sullivan's sitting there telling everybody how quiet the Middle East is. It's it wasn't quiet. Right. It never was quiet. And the fact that he didn't have an inkling of what was about to happen. All right. So we still have the writers. Uh, the writer. The writers are settled. We still have the actor strike. So we're not watching any new great TV shows this week. You're watching the war come live. Uh, in front you're watching of you. the war come live, and I agree with you. CNN is as good as Fox. I mean, the coverage is amazing. They have this guy on Fox. His name is Trank A. Unbelievable. Tra What's his name? Trank. Tra yeah. I can't pronounce it. Please, Ben, can you have Trank Anks or whatever right. his name? I mean, the guy is under a desk, and he's like talking on the microphone. He's like, I'm under the desk. The bomb is bombing. And he's on the building. field. Oh, by the way, the CNN reporters, the Israeli reporters, it's unbelievable work, especially after the last guy from Fox that, you know, got blown own, up. Got right? blown up. So it's like crazy. I wonder what those guys make a year to go do that. And they just had this guy, um, the woman from CNN. She's over there now. I right. mean, Let's say you're an anchor woman or an anchor man for CNN or Fox, and they say, Gavi, guess what? You got to go to Israel. You got to go to Gaza. You have to be right there when the bombs are flying. You doing it? No, I mean, but I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I can't stand David Muir because I, he just doesn't tell the like truth. You like to bring that up. Well, because he doesn't tell the truth. He doesn't tell the truth, so his—, his <laughs> 
His his story, his world news tonight is always a lie. But then when he does tell the truth, it's hard to believe him because you've known he lies plenty of times. But I give him unbelievable credit that he went to Israel right now. I was he in Israel? So he is in him. Israel, so I am giving okay. him unbelievable props that, you know what, it's great, get out from under your desk, go to Israel, so I take, I give him props, but whatever he says, I have this doubt. Is he giving me, what side is he giving me? And uh, He's over there, the bombs are flying, that Trey Axe is like crawling on the ground, and... You're saying to yourself, man, this takes a lot of balls to go do not just that. that. Not just that. You know what I think I would have a tough time with? Not just the, like, if a bomb comes over and you seek shelter. They had uh, Trey, uh, whatever his last name was, uh, but they had him on today, and he took you into the kibbutz, and he had to tell everybody that if you have children in the room yeah, to leave. Yeah, don't look. But... For them to what they see, forget just the thing. Ugh. He said one woman had her face. They they took the one mother and they put like 40 rounds into her face that there was no face there. So it's like they didn't just want to kill the people. Oh, they mutilated them in front of like little kids. And it was... Uh, it's like what they see. I don't know if you could ever put shut your eyes at night after uh, what they see. I just don't understand these protesters. Everybody has a right to protest, but I mean, what? Do you, how can this is undefensible? Nobody has to be this way. Anyway, Gabby, I wish we didn't have to talk about this. We're out of time, and um, you can find us on Spotify, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Apple. Cuddy and Gavi show, hundred eighteen thousand listeners strong. One thing, one thing that is that is nice, I guess. It's uh, it's sad because we live in a we live in a world here. Yeah, that, we're living in that paradise. Just, and by the way, that's how they felt. You know, they have uh, the ceiling fans were open. They have food on the breakfast table when all this took place. To re it was like they were living just like we're living here without a, a, like any worries in the world. Like that and, music festival where those kids were. Yeah, sitting just the music festival. So they were like it, like it happened in a split of a second. What we have right now is yes, on Sunday we could turn on. On a football game that you could right, escape for two blessed. and a half years, uh, two and a half hours, and you can watch a baseball game tonight that we're all sitting around and you people could have a beer and whatever. But you can't lose fact that there's people over there right now that are hostages. Their life is upside down. You got terrorists in there, and this United States better be careful because we have them in our country now too. We are not as safe as you think we are. And everybody should like if you th that words like. If you see something, say something. You really should. I agree with you. And um, we're both you and I don't love um, Joe ba Biden's policies, but I hope to God he mans up here. <laughs> Me too. And he does the right thing. I mean, come on, Uncle Joe. Or the people around. Or the people around them. Or uh, come on, Uncle Joe. He, yeah. I mean, I'm behind you here. Step up and do the right thing and help Israel out. Our hearts go out to the families. People that died, I wish them a safe passage to heaven, and um, our hearts go out to everybody. Thank you for everybody listening. This was a tough show to do, but we have to talk about what we have to talk about. See you next week. We'll see you next week. Thank you.